Welcome to Only Murders in My Mind, a Random Thought production. Hi, I'm Carol Bissett, a crime writer, and I invite you with my co-presenters, Liz Hedgecock and Mike Jackson, each week to our conversations on all things murderous. Hello everybody and welcome to episode two of Only Murders in My Mind. And I have my co-presenters with me again, the lovely Liz Hedgecock and Mike Jackson. Hello both. Hi, Carol. Right. And today we're going to talk about, I like this, all the murders you can eat. Uh, the actual title ended up being talk about what crimes we consume. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably better. All the murders you can eat. Yum, yum. Um, the books that we like to read and the TV and films we watch and and i must admit i watch some things again and again and agatha christie i mean you can't go far wrong from a good agatha christie film in all Mm. its variations come on i I was gonna say you 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 have uh, likes and dislikes there don't you so we'll 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 come to that um but it, it has if you are a crime writer um I think you have um, writers that you read and read and read and they're bound to influence the sort of things that you write and how you write. Um, Personally, uh, some of the people that I like to read are people like um, Val McDermott. Um, But somebody said to me the other day, do you draw a line in the sand about how grisly your murder scenes and torture scenes? Yes, there are some torture scenes. Um, in your books, and, and yes, and not as bad as some of the um, Wire in the Blood series, if you've ever seen them. They're quite graphic and gruesome in places. Um, well, it's fair to say, Carol, but you do kind of spade <laughs> in your books. You know, it's not like the murders are happening behind a curtain. No, no, that's true. Um, I think so- also, you, I mean, you get feedback from your readers too, don't you? So, so you know yes. what, they, what they like. Yes. Uh, and, and why upset the apple cart by suddenly... Changing. Yeah. What sort of feedback do you get? I I get positive feedback. Uh, now and again, I get, oh, Carol, I didn't think you were capable of writing that. I am an old lady, by the way. I know it's hard to tell from my she voice. Really. <laughs> yes, she uh, is. <laughs> Gallant as ever. <laughs> I think we're around the same age, Mike, so be careful I, what you I say. Think we are. No, I, think, I think I might actually be a bit older, Carol. <laughs> let's not go down that road today. Uh, yeah, and I'll read a little bit, uh, a, a bit of the more um, grisly bits um, later uh, for you, so you I know like where I'm coming from. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let, let's go to, we'll go to Mike first this time. Liz, Liz is, um, you know, she, she won't mind. Um, what sort of uh, crime books do you, I know you read a lot, Mike, don't you? You're an I, avid I, I, reader. Yeah, I read a lot. And funny enough, nowadays, I tend to listen a lot more than I read. Uh, I'm very much into uh, into Audible. And uh, when I go off on my walks, uh, I quite enjoy listening to uh, listening to stories. I like listening to podcasts, and I'll be listening to this one as well. But I do like to... That's two people. <laughs> I do like to listen to stories. I suppose as a youngster, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, I remember devouring every Arthur Conan Doyle in the school um, library. Uh, I love that. Um, And Agatha Christie followed quickly after that. What's your favourite Sherlock story? Um, I probably have to go with The Hound of the Baskervilles because it's a bit on on the scary. It is scary, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I'm very much, I love the earlier ones. Right. 
So yeah, yeah. the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, the first the first book of stories. Yeah, that's where most of my favourites are. I tell you what, I was going off on a tangent slightly, but I mm. really really enjoyed the uh, Cumberbatch, the when he did Sherlock. Yes, I thought that was very cleverly done. Yeah, um, yes. very cleverly done. Yeah, brought brought into uh, modern times mm. very successfully, I think. But but I've also I mean I also like people like Stieg Larsson, um, who's the Joe Nespo, who were both a bit a bit vicious in and uh, some of the murders that happened there, and I also I mean I'm, I'm very much into technology and AI and AI is something I'll come back to at another time, but uh, Ben I can never get his name right Aranovich. Oh yes, uh, Rivers of London. Oh series. I like those. Yeah, um, they're really good. You know the whole. Gods and goddesses of the Thames. Yes, and the, oh, yeah, I'm working the, my way through those slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the spirit police That's or whatever right. they're called. <laughs> um, I also enjoyed Ellis Peters. He did the cat file. Oh. The, you know the monk murdering yeah. people. Um, and at the moment, I am reading a book called "In the Blink of an Eye," and the fascination with this. I'm about halfway through. Fascinating book. It's brand new by a lady called Jo Callahan, and it's her debut novel. And it's uh, two detectives, one human, one AI. Mm, I've heard um, a lot about this book. It's, it yeah. really is very good, um, very clever. I'd have to give that one a look, I think. Mm. And this is a, a debut, you said? It's a debut novel. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... If you go into somewhere like Waterstones, you can't miss it. You know, it's, there be, it's been yeah, well promoted. It's been well promoted, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if it's really good, then yeah, no, it. I, I think the thing is, it's 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 a fascinating idea that she got hold of, and if you'd read this story even just two years ago, you would have said, no, 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 this is all make believe and sci-fi. <laughs> but the way I, AI is taking over the world at the moment, you read this story and you think, hey, you know, this could actually be happening. You know, police could be um, using AI as a detective okay. soon. Um, well, if you just much more believable, I was going yeah. to say, if you look at the technology that we believe the police can use now, um, the fact that we've got more CCTV uh, in this country, I think, than any other place in the world, I, I might be wrong. Um, and you can trace somebody's footsteps with little gaps. In, and now people have got uh, cameras on the, their doors. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's um, there was a, a series on a while ago called Capture. And it was yes. how, did you see that? that. Yeah. And it was how they were editing. Manipulating. The, the, yep. Yeah. To try and put somebody in the frame yeah. that that wasn't there. But really worrying. Yes. But this, this one, I mean, the, the detective, I mean, it's a pilot project. And the, the real detective doesn't want really anything to do with it, but she's being forced upon her. And um, the AI detective, is AIDE, Artificial Intelligent Detective Entity. And it has a name, Locke, and it's little things like they're looking through, as you were saying, they were looking through CCTV footage. Mm -hmm. And while normally that would take uh, a couple of policemen days and days and days, Locke, this AI detective, can do it in a matter of seconds. Yes. And, and that is probably... True. Well, today. I'm sure I've read in the news about um, AI can go through through things at fantastic speed and find things like viable stuff for good health outcomes and That's things right. like that. Yeah. Well, if yes. you if you put um, the face recognition, um, that you know, I'm, I'm sure it's much more widespread now. But it was something we used to see the FBI using, mm. where they're scanning uh, face after face after face. 
um, very, very quickly to try and locate. Now, um, sometimes I wonder how, how good, I mean, is it true or is it, you know, is it all like fiction? Uh, but I suspect there's a lot more going on that we don't know about because they're not going to tell us, are they? I think the thing with AI that um, it's much more in the public domain now and has been for the last 18 months, two years. People have been working with AI for years and years and years now, you know, all the big companies. Um, but it's the pace that I think is is either exciting you, if you're somebody like me, or scaring the living daylights out of some people because this is going at such a pace uh, that nobody's quite sure just how clever you can use that word about machines, how clever AI will be 12 oh, months from now. How advanced. Yes. Well, we've yeah. come a long way since uh, they did the, was it the bomb? Was that the first computer when they mm. were trying to decode? Yep. The yeah. German um, messages. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so we, we've come along. Yeah, so, Colossus, yeah. So I'm sorry, I've taken us off on a tangent. <laughs> Well, that never normally happens. Oh, no, no. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Liz for, for books. We'll, we'll come come back to you for TV and, and films. Um, and, and again, I know you are a, a, an avid reader. I don't know how you find the time because you do such a lot. But would you feel um, you were missing out on something if you didn't read as well as write and, you know, produce your novels, etc.? I don't read as much as I'd like to. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I must admit, I set myself a Goodreads target every year of about 60 books. And that's one of the things that makes me read, because I think I have to meet, I'm that sort of person where if I set myself a target, I'll be like, I have to do this somehow. Um, and I read all sorts of books, so it's not just crime. So I'm reading um, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow at the moment, and I just read um, So Late in the Day by Claire Keegan. But also this year, I've read the first Maygrave book, Oh, um, I read Tied Up in Tinsel, uh, which is a Roderick Alain mystery, um, which I hadn't read before. And what's the other one I read? Cards on the Table and Agatha Christie that I hadn't seen before. And in some respects, um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the May Grey, although it had flaws. Um, the, the is it Nagayo Marsh? I can never announce that. Marsh. Marsh, right? Um, that I was disappointed with, and I must admit, I did a double check when I checked the um, publication date because it was actually published in the 70s, but it felt so much older, and some of the attitudes in it were mm. um, Dickensian. Um, I think Dickens would have been like a bit more nice than Well, when you think of what, what, the, what, what Great Britain was like in the 70s, yeah, in, this in is terms true. of you know, how we talked about people with disabilities with yes. race etc a yes. very different world but it yeah. was yeah there, there was there was snobbiness there was yes. prejudice there were there were various mm. things about it but i must admit the thing that enraged me um as well as you know some of that was you couldn't possibly have guessed who did it because it was one of these where you get lots and lots of information on the last page pretty much mm. it's like wow come on now seriously yeah. and i don't think that's fair that's what we were saying in the last episode, where yes. we, it's been bombarded with information in the last chapter so you can bring all the threads together. Um, and a lot, quite a lot of writers do it, yeah. it you re- know. It reminds me of young children in school when they used to have to do their creative writing. And, and the, the boys in particular who hated writing would get to that point where they think, oh, I'm fed up with this. So um, I woke up, it had been a nightmare. <laughs> oh, or just simply the end. Oh, and then we slayed the dragon, and we all went home to tea. The end. Yeah. Yes, yes. But it, but you do get 
writers. I mean, my wife has just read a book, um, and I can't for the life of me remember what it was called, mm. but she said the first 75% of it was really gripping, was yeah. great. Mm. And the ending was so bad that oh. it spoiled the whole thing. And it was literally an ending, an ending of uh, almost... I woke up and had a dream. It wasn't quite that, but it, but it was oh. it was condensed into two pages um, instead of being thought of. Yeah. It yeah. goes back to what we were saying in the last episode about crime writing need to be plotted. Yeah. You need to know where you're going. Yeah. I mean, I, I've written bad endings. I haven't published them because I've got a good editor. But Who's you know... your editor, Carol? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. <laughs> oh, it, it might be Liz. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If anybody out there is looking for an editor, uh, <laughs> I, 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 books. A bo- a books, a books are full. <laughs> they actually are at the yeah. moment. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm not taking any new clients for a few months. Yes, but yes, it's it. Um, and we will talk about this in depth at, at some point about how to get the best product on the shelf. Yes. Um, and um, I do, I don't care how good you are at um, English and how much you use spell check. You need somebody else to read the manuscript you do for need you. Other eyes on your book. You do, yeah. And but... dare I say, they might even be AI eyes. <laughs> but I only say that to be controversial. Yes, and to wind me up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my my favourite, as I say, um, Val McDermott. I'm uh, at the moment. I'm uh, like Mike. I've got uh, audio books on the go, and, and I'm uh, listening to Mark Billingham's books. And this was purely um, because I saw him on a television series where they were interviewing crime writers who had um, used a real crime within the stories. And I thought he spoke very well, so um, I downloaded. The problem with me is I downloaded a book halfway through a series. I know, I know. But um, I can't read on public transport now and um, I start feeling slightly travel sick so an audiobook or if you go for a walk or if you're just waiting for an hour in the opticians because one of the opticians hasn't turned up not complaining but that happened yesterday if you've got an audiobook you've got a friend I, I, I don't want to keep mentioning age Carol but, <laughs> but, but when you get to my age uh, I'm, I had to have uh, hearing aids fitted uh, a couple of years ago and uh, my hearing aids are such that they uh, they link automatically to my phone. So I can actually be listening to an audio anywhere I like. In fact, when these two are talking, I'm halfway through. <laughs> but the great thing with... That with, explains a great deal. <laughs> the great thing with these things, you don't have to walk around with earbuds or anything in. I'm just... I can be permanently connected to uh, to my phone and to audio. And I mean, yeah, that's that's really good. But it's a bit like the age. man from Uncle, isn't it? Where you go, yeah, yes, Mr. Right. Waverley. Yeah. <laughs> this is Ilya Kuryakin. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and show me age now, aren't I? Um, yes. So uh, now this might be a bit controversial, um, but I like uh, the strike books that J.K. Rowling um, writes under a different name. I think it's it. Galbraith, thank yes. you, thank you. Um, I have read all the books probably four or five times. I've got one on audio. I've watched the series that have been on the television, which we we discussed that she keeps the her stories very close to her books, mm. doesn't she? 
Um, and she has very much an input to how they're made, which, you know, she can do because she's very, very rich. Um, a lot of people don't. I don't know what your views are, are on that particular um, I, series. I, I like the series on the television. I tried reading one of the books and wasn't over impressed with it, but I quite like the Strike series watching it on the television. Mm. I haven't actually done either, so mm. I can't comment on this. Right. I think with me and with adaptations, I kind of either like them to be like the BBC Sherlock, where it's clearly going to be a long way away and have some yep. ele elements from the original stories, or else I like them to be pretty faithful. And what really winds me up is when you have them and you know, they've decided that this Agatha Christie production is going to be edgy. Yeah. And it's going to have lots of things in it that mm -hmm. weren't there before because we're going to be edgy because it's after nine. And it's like, I don't want to watch that. No. I want to see something reasonably, you know, close to the book, book. which I like. <laughs> so maybe that's just me. No, I, th I think uh, you're right there. I mean, I remember watching a series. It wasn't crime. It was called The Thornbirds. And then, then read the book, not the other way around, thinking this isn't the same story. <laughs> Bits of it were, but you know, this is how they get adapted. And of course, uh, a lot of writers, if somebody um, came up to me and said, um, you know, uh, Amazon want to make a, a series of your Warrington detective, I'd go, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be going, well, how much input will I have? <laughs> I'd be going, give me the money, you can do it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, but where would your threshold be? I don't know. I mean, if they said, oh, yeah, we want to make your lead character, we want her to be like a short, dizzy blonde and like curvy and... Yeah, and she's yeah. not. No. And like change the love interest. And... Yeah. Depends on what they were asked, what they were offering. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're right, because we, we are very precious, well, I am, about my characters. Um, and as I say, the... I wouldn't say they're like real people because that makes me sound slightly mad, but <laughs> um, they... I'm saying <laughs> just, just to interrupt there, Carol, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Uh, my wife is an avid reader. You know, she, she'll get through 100, 120 books a year. Um, she really is. And we started, or she watched uh, one of the early episodes of um, Shetland. Oh, yeah. By Anne Cleves. Yeah. And afterwards, she was saying to me, she, that, that was completely wrong. All the characters, you know, it was all out of sync. You know, nothing was right about it. Anyway, she, uh, out, out of the blue, she just emailed um, Anne Cleves. Oh, Not right. expecting to get like an you answer. Like you do. <laughs> but she did. And basically what Anne Cleves was saying was that she sold the rights. So therefore, she had no control over what, uh, what, was, being, what was being produced. Um, now, as somebody hadn't read the book, when I watched Shetland, it seemed okay. Yes, I love watching I hadn't it. Read the book. I haven't read the books. I love the series. So therefore, I didn't yeah, realise yeah. that in terms of the book, it was out of out of out sync. sync. Yeah. The 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 Veras, um, I mean, they're written by somebody else. Most of the series are written by somebody else. But the uh, the Christmas edition, um, I just read the book. It was her latest book, mm. and that was pretty close to the plot. Um, I was um, I was amazed. I was expecting it to have been a, wonder, a bit contorted. I wonder whether she's now writing them with the adaptation in mind. She might do. Yeah, she's a canny lady. If that changes the way you write. Mm. Well, somebody. Sorry. No, I was just going to say. Sometimes it's. I don't know if you've watched um, Harlan Coben's uh, latest Netflix film, mm. Fool Me Once. Yes. That has been on recently. Been yeah. A big hit, mm. and it was filmed close to us at Arley. Yes, Arley Hall, yeah. Which is a reason why I should probably watch it. Yes, and <laughs> it was excellent. It yeah. really was. Excellent um, 
adaptation of it. And But it's little things like when you hear that the character, she's on her way to Manchester and she's going over the Runcorn Bridge. You know, because because of where yeah, because yeah. we live here, I thought that. we know she's going the wrong way. <laughs> but she's if you lost. don't know the area, she doesn't, doesn't have sat nav, does she? <laughs> no, it, it, somebody said to me why uh, Bayshore Detectives in Warrington. You know, um, my brother was quite put out that I was going to um, make up all these murders and give Warrington a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, midsummer murders, beautiful part of the country, mm. death in paradise. You know, who would have thought? And of course, you've got um, all the Oxford murders and things. Yeah. Um, it, I, I wrote it based in Warrington because I know Warrington and the surrounding area better than I know anywhere. Mm. So I can talk with the picture in my mind of the area and what it's like. Mm. Uh, without having to start doing loads of research, and that that was that was my you know reason for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, Liz, with her cosy mysteries, you um, tend to make up places, don't you? I have been known to, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Booker and Fitch books take place in a place called Hazeby on Wyvern. <laughs> Uh, it's a very, very nice place. It's lovely, it is very yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if, you, if you've been to Shrewsbury, it bears some resemblance. <laughs> Although I hadn't actually been to Shrewsbury until after we'd written the first couple of books, so go figure. Um, but yes, it's a you know it's a little market town, and I also invented Gadstershire, um, which has surrounding sort of satellite villages. So there's much gadding, little gadding, lesser gadding, etc., etc. Gadster. Very much like Midsummer Murders. Possibly, in, 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 a, in a way, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but then again, I've also, I mean, I, I tend to, I've got a few series which are based in London, which I figure is fair game because yes. so many people have been murdered in London. In yes, I also have a series now set in Liverpool, uh, but it's generally cold cases, oh. and I kind of feel like, well, that makes a difference, particularly if it took place somewhere where in a building that now isn't there anymore. So mm. you can have some fun with that. Yeah. yeah, when you're talking about the rivers of London, you, yes. th- this this series set in Liverpool has got a mystic side to it. it has, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I am thinking of the right thing. I've re- I, no, I've, re- I've read so many of Liz's books. I have got the right the right plot this in my more head. Recent, so I get mixed up. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't I introduced the wrong character in the book yet, but it'll happen. Um, so TV, as I said, I like The Strike. Um, I like... Um, the wire in the blood um i'm just trying to think really anything that's um gritty i yes. quite i quite yeah. like things that there was a series on um recently um uh, london kills and that's about um a crime squad um and obviously deaths in london mm-hmm. i found that quite interesting um but uh People that have been, um, uh, you know, police officers say, that doesn't happen. They don't murder somebody on Monday and arrest the killer on Friday. Well, not very often anyway, not unless the killer comes in and goes, it's a fur cop, I did it. But but that's the same. why I don't write police officers. (laughs) But this is the same of of any television programme. You know, as as somebody who spent his whole working career uh, as a teacher, I could never watch Waterloo Road because it bears no resemblance to <laughs> any schools I've ever visited. Sort yeah, of and as an ex-nurse, as well. As well yes. I used to watch anything medical, and I, first of all, I'd try and guess the diagnosis of the person that had been brought in, and then be going, "They wouldn't do that. They just wouldn't." Do. 
Isn't it funny how there's always consultants on the ward? Yeah. That doesn't happen. It's, it's a bit like when you watch Vera. You know, yeah. Vera will say something to one of the, you know, Mark, have you not followed that up? And I'm thinking, yeah, what about the other 36 people in the room that you're not asked to do anything? <laughs> All the extras are wandering around yeah. with notepads, but don't say anything and don't do anything. But there is one scene <laughs> with, with, with uh, crime. I don't know whether you both agree with me. Uh, they, they have uh, lots of characters in. And it can oh, yes. sometimes get... Uh, I think you manage your characters really well. Um I sometimes uh, have to think that um, I'm uh, overwhelming somebody with too many characters and have to, you know, draw back a little bit. Mm. Um, Although the thing is, I mean, if you've got a police department, you are going to have a lot of yes. to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I do try and keep the, the, the you know, the characters that um, deal with the murders mostly down to a small group. Mm-hmm. But like you say, when they're doing their daily uh, sort of going through what's gone on, um, they're... I do mention that there are other people in the room. You know, somebody from the back will shout something stupid, that type yeah. of thing. And it's also, you may want to bring one of them in to replace one of the ones you murder. So. Which I have done. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you've got to have your reserves. You have, yeah. Then my re- the sidelines, like warming up in the little bits. Reserve list, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where somebody like Ben Aranovich is quite clever with his uh, Rivers of London series because the, the, the squad that he's in, there's only, what, two or three of them in. Yeah. Mm, you know, okay. so it, it limits down... Because it's so specialised, Mike, isn't it? specialised with them be as wizards or training wizards. Exactly. Yes. Handy. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose with my Ghost Suspense series, which is sort of police. Yeah. Um, again, it's a small squad because they're dead. Working on their... <laughs> they're not all dead. Some of them are alive. Yeah. Some more than so than others. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> so, um, going go a step further... Um, how do you think what you read influences what you write? Mm. Um, I mean, some of your um, detective novels that go back to Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Yes, I mean, that is um, obvious that that's something you really enjoyed because what you're writing uh, comes through as somebody that was invested in the Sherlock Holmes character. Oh, that's a that's a tricky one. And also, I suppose, in some ways... A bit of a reaction against some of it because um, I had this, you know, well, my first full length novel was I had an idea, which is always a dangerous thing. <laughs> um, and this was my like, you know, my big idea and the thing I really wanted to write. And I think what it caused it was I was doing some research. I've sort of vaguely been thinking about a book about Mrs. Hudson and I was rereading A Study in Scarlet and thinking about it. And it's like, poor Mrs. Hudson. I mean, the men are in clover here. They're basically looked after. They, you know, they don't have to think about anything, you know, where their socks or their coll- collars are coming from. She's a mother figure, are. isn't she? Well, you know, they're just waiting on hand and foot and they can mm. just kind of... You have homes with his, you know, rooms all around London where he can go and, like, change his disguise and then go back out again and stuff like mm. that. It really is like a bit of a fantasy world. And I thought, um, something it reminded me of was, um, this is not crime at all, but um, one of the Dirk Gently, actually, I suppose it is Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, of course it's crime, um, by Douglas Adams. And there's a character called the Electric Monk who's sitting on a horse. (laughs) And at one point it says, you know, the Electric Monk didn't really have thoughts about sitting on a horse all day. However, the horse had a lot of feelings about being sat on all day. And I kind of felt the same about Mrs. Hudson, who's got to run round after these two like overgrown boys playing at being cops um, and having, frankly, a lovely time. And she's got to keep them fed and watered and, you know, occasionally get old thank you thrown away. And I thought, yeah, 
how she, you know, had a story of her own because she's probably quite a smart woman in her own right. And that was what started it off, I think. Um, and then I thought, oh, now, Dr. Watson, what if he was an unreliable narrator? Mm. interesting so, yeah that kind of sparked it all up because you reinvented mrs hudson didn't you for your she's your a lot books. younger the way i write yes and, and you say she she's hands-on she she wants to get involved in the investigations and everything mm, sometimes it was good too much. yeah <laughs> but they, they did it, it did make, make compelling reading oh, thank you and i think the other thing with that is i've tried to sort of fit it around the canon so if Holmes and Watson are supposed to be doing something else like, you know, investigating a gigantic hound and I'm not going to pull them out to do something else, you know, because they've got priorities. It's, it's a fascinating premise, isn't it? That, that there are these well-known stories which have got these minor characters who, who don't really do much. Um, and that as writers, we can possibly take some of those characters and make them our main characters. Yeah. Stories. Yeah. And we've got the ability to do that. Mm. There are so many different versions of Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yeah. And people love it people yes. just just love it as i said in the first episode there is a huge appetite for uh, crime um fictional and and um you know sort of uh, true crime true as, as well which can be quite shocking i don't watch as much of that i have i did watch um about the yorkshire ripper and and um you know things like that because Again, it's to do with um, police procedures because obviously it wasn't joined up thinking then. Um, he went across borders and um, killed people, you know, in other counties and, and nobody sort of put them together. Well, maybe some of the officers did, but they were junior and the senior officers weren't living. But now they've got this. I don't know whether it's still homes, but it, that was the name of the computer which all the information went into. Mm-hmm. And then you could spit it out wherever you were in the country, and things like that. I use I use those in 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 my books. I try and use um, some forensic knowledge um, from um, I suppose a medical background as a nurse. Um, so yeah, so that that's um, sort of where I'm coming from. Now I just briefly want to mention. I uh, go on to what we're writing at the moment before we bring this episode to a, a conclusion. Uh, I know you're working on something, Liz. What are you writing at the moment? I'm working on Booker and Fitch 5, Murder at Work. So they found the body (laughs) in an interesting location, an incriminating location. And I'm just at the point of editing Chapter 9 when a figure from the past is about to show their face. Mm. Would you say these are all standalone books, but it's nice to have read them in the right order, I feel. But you could you could just pick up one and read it, couldn't you? You could. Um, it's difficult for me because I'm the sort of person who always starts a series with book one. And if I can't get hold of book one, I won't start it. Yeah, that's, so that's what I should do. I'm the sort of person who will say, well, you ought to start at book one because that's what I want to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, you could, but I think the thing is, um, I know I said I've read a lot of Agatha Christie and stuff, and in that, the the detective doesn't really change. No. Um, and I think, particularly in my cosy books, I want the characters to come out at the end a bit different and having grown a bit in their personal lives and possibly as a result of what they've been investigating well so, yeah that's definitely happened Jade I, and Fee yeah. at this point are different from Jade and Fee in book one so yeah I've seen the development of the so characters yeah <laughs> uh, well you sure yeah uh, I've seen the development of the characters and I'm sort of really invested in them now yeah. you know I don't and want I them to get hurt series as well you know Wen's different Cassie's different yeah 
Yes. Yeah, it's very much a, a female-led um, department. It's the Cheshire Serious Crime Squad. Um, and yes, the DCI is a, um, a powerful independent woman. And I am actually working on boot four at the moment, so about halfway through. Um, and it's going, it's going well. Uh, my found that body that went missing. <laughs> yeah, now I've located it. Yeah, yes. uh, it's in my cupboard in the uh, <laughs> in the study. Oh, uh, that. <laughs> uh, Mike, what what uh, what are you working on at the moment? It's funny. It's a question that these uh, these two ladies are constantly <laughs> asking me. <clears throat> what am I working on at the Not moment? Constantly, we give you a break sometimes. Yes, and, we uh, nag him. You do nag me, and and I've often thought that I really need to to branch out from the short stories. Um, at the moment, I'm heavily invested in AI. I, I, I'm loving the whole idea of exploring AI. And I'm looking at the moment to see, to see how AI can be used as a tool to help my writing and playing around with that. And uh, again, I'll go into more detail uh, in future episodes about AI. Two things I'm thinking of at the moment. One is that I've been creating some really um, dark AI generated images, which I think would make some good prompts for some short stories. That's the first thing. And secondly, and it goes back to a meeting I had with these uh, these two friends before Christmas, where I I think I some I, I don't know whether I was you know had a drink or something, but I, I vaguely said <laughs> yeah, that, like yeah, I vaguely said something about writing a novella uh, this year. Yes, you did. And uh, so I think that's what I will be working on. If you were to ask, do do ask yeah. questions about Mike's yes. novella. We'd love to if, have if, a bit of help with the nagging. Yeah. If you were to ask me what it's about, I have the foggiest idea. But but seriously, what I'm thinking of doing, I'm thinking of going into AI, uh, because what you can do with with I use ChatGPT, I can go in and say, give me some ideas for a novella. I want it to be 25 chapters long, about 30,000 words. Can you give me some ideas and, and give it some. Uh, information about what I like to write about and it'll throw out some titles of books it'll even give me a synopsis and some uh, chapter headings and I'm thinking of playing around with that and then working from that as a basis to see um, to see what I can what I can come up with so it's, it's again linking that yes promise to write a novella with um, AI but at the moment I haven't the foggiest idea. Was that a breaking about. news alert from the BBC? It was yeah, breaking. Yeah, yes, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, King, <laughs> King Charles is out of hospital. We'll, we'll just, yes, you know, yes, we'll yes. just. Uh, and, just wait, and he's waiting for Mike's novella. Yes, yes he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we're looking forward to that. And you it, you it, and I both. It, <laughs> also, if <laughs> listeners would like to suggest topics and titles for Mike's novella, I'm sure he'll be yeah. grateful. Yes, yes. Or a character that he might like to include. What it will involve is. At least one, if not many, murders. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think um, we are looking forward to that because uh, we, the three of us, all write differently, and we, uh, this is what we're going to look at in our next episode. So, if I can just say uh, uh, a momentarily goodbye to Liz and to Mike. Thank you, Carol. See you next time. And don't sleep without the light on. You have been listening to Only Murders in My Mind, a Random Thought production, produced by John Bissett. 
The music in Peril was composed and recorded by OM Studio Strings. Thank you.